Hey family, this is Joshua Jones. My wife, Lindsay, and I have the honor of being the lead followers of Way Family Church right here in Edmond, Oklahoma. Thank you for taking a minute to tune in. We pray the message gives you a different perspective about Jesus, His gospel, and what living life in His kingdom is all about. Take notes, listen intently, and be blessed. Anybody ready for some word? Here we go, here we go, here we go. So if you got your instruction manuals, let's look at 1 John chapter 1. 1 John chapter 1. I'm kind of having a man crush on 1 John right now. I love John. John's amazing. This is written by um, John the Beloved, who is the youngest disciple of Jesus. It's also the same guy that wrote the Gospel of John, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. It's also the same guy who wrote the book of Revelation. So all the same guy. This is John. This is John. He would have been the youngest disciple but he outlived all the rest of them. He's the only one who didn't die of martyrdom. Yeah, the others were pulled apart by horses, beheaded, crucified, stoned to death, thrown from buildings, burned. I mean, it just, they actually, they tried to kill John. They tried to boil him, but he wouldn't die. That, isn't that crazy? Think about it. Tried to boil him in oil, but he wouldn't die. You're a bad dude right there. I'm just... As soon as you came out of that oil, I'd have been like, brother, who are you serving? Because that's who I'm fixing to start serving right there, right? This was John. This was John. 1 John chapter 1. 1 John chapter 1. Probably need to get there myself. So we've been talking about this term called union. And um, by the way, somebody messaged me and she said, you guys have just taken, what was the terminology? Essentially what she was saying was through the podcast, she said, most of the ways or the things I taught being grown up, you have just demolished. <laughs> and I said, well, isn't the gospel good? Like, and uh, that's what gospel will do. It will, we, we talked about one Sunday here, tipping over cows. The gospel will come in your life and it will tip over everything. If you let it, we usually put braces behind our cows because we don't want the Lord to tip them, but that's what the gospel does. It will tip over all of your cows. So, and so I pray today that um, just the beauty of Jesus, his message, his kingdom will do the same for all of us. First John chapter one, this is what John says. He says, that which was from the beginning, which by the way, <laughs> this is that pastor, that preacher coming out of me. You can hear Genesis 1-1 in the beginning. You can also hear St. John chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning was the word. Listen to what he says. That which was from the beginning, which we have what? Heard, that's his ears. Which we have what? Seen, that's his eyes. Watch this. And then he says, that which we have looked upon. So they looked upon something, and really the something was someone. That was Jesus. So ears, eyes, watch this. And our hands have what? Handled him. So he said, I heard it with my ears. I saw it with my eyes. I handled it with my hands. I touched him. Concerning the word of life. That which was from the beginning, which we've heard, which we've seen with our eyes, looked upon what, and our hands have handled. Concerning the word of life. Watch this. That life was what? Manifested. Now, we know, what life is he talking about? The life of who? It's Jesus. He's talking about Jesus. That life, the word of life that was here from the beginning, we saw it, we heard it, we actually got to grab him, we did a life with him. That life was manifested. Watch this. He says it again. And we have seen it, and now we bear witness to you, and we declare to you, watch this, that eternal life, Wow, which was with the Father and was manifested to us. In other words, this life, this word existed with the Father in the Trinity before he appeared to us. But now I'm telling you about it. It's eternal life. It was manifested to us. Verse 3, that which we have, he says it again, he repeats himself three times, we've seen it with our eyes, we've heard it with our ears, but that's what we're declaring to you. So watch this. You can actually only, de only declare what you have seen and what you've heard. 
that which we have seen and heard, we declare to you. Why, John? Why do you declare it? So that you may have koinonia. That's the Greek word. Or fellowship with us. And truly, our koinonia or fellowship is with the who? Father and with who? His son, Jesus. Okay. And these things I am writing to you so that you're what? Maybe what? Okay. Watch what he says here. This is the message, says John, that we have heard from him and now declaring it to you. And I'm telling you, if you want to memorize a verse in the Bible, you need to memorize this. That God is what? Don't ever forget this. And in him is no what? At all. There isn't one evil, negative, mean, or harsh part of the Father. In him is all what? Light. And in him is no darkness at all. Anytime somebody tries to paint a dark part of the gospel, I instantly want to tell them, you do not know the gospel because the gospel writer himself said, in him is no darkness at all. And this isn't a preacher writing this. This was a disciple of Jesus who wrote this. Listen, if we say that we have koinonia, fellowship, share in common life with him, and people say that all the time, yet you walk in what? <laughs> you what? John will call you a liar real quick. I'm just saying you should read his book, his epistle. He calls you people liars multiple times. If you say you are walking in koinonia, fellowship with him, but yet you continually walk in darkness, he said somewhere there's a lie. And he said you lie and you do not practice the truth. Truth isn't something you hear one time and say yes to it. Truth is something that you what? Practice. Listen. But if we walk in the light, now, not only does he say God is light and in him there's no darkness, he says not only is God is light, you and I are supposed to walk in the what? How? To the same degree that he is in the light. And if we do that, we have fellowship, not just with him, but also with what? And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Father, let your word do exactly what you intended it to do today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen, amen. Let me just start out of the gate just throwing some bombs at you. When you study and look at the life of Jesus... You're going to find some interesting stuff. Those who were regarded to be the farthest away from Jesus, prostitutes, tax collectors, the scoundrels of his day, lepers, blind people who they still believe that they did something wrong and that's why they were blind. When you study the life of Jesus, those regarded to be the furthest away from God, watch this, were actually those who were most attracted to him. Jesus. I'm going to say it again. When you study the life of Jesus, those regarded to be the furthest away from God were actually those who were most attracted to Jesus. You could camp out there all day long. But listen to this. This is more beautiful, Aaron, than your kneecaps right now. I'm telling you the truth. Listen. Those who thought they were closest to God in the days of Jesus, a.k.a. the Pharisees, a.k.a. the Sadducees, a.k.a. the scribes, a.k.a. the religious leaders, those who handled the Torah, those who handled the Torah, the Pentateuch, those <laughs> who thought, key word, they were the closest to God were actually the least attracted to Jesus. Uh, ben, I'm going to throw this Bible. I'm telling you, I've thrown it before and I ripped it the first time I threw it, but look, I'm it's worth another throw. 
Those who in the days of Jesus, who were regarded to be the furthest from him, sorry, those who were regarded to be the furthest from God, according to the religious leaders, were actually the most attracted to Jesus. You know why I can say that? Because you know what the religious leaders did, right? The religious leaders took the book or the Bible of their day and they used it as a weapon upon the people who were trying to stay in right relationship with God. And any time you weaponize scripture, you push people away from the God who's calling them close. And the reason in America we worship the scripture instead of Jesus Listen, in America, the reason we worship the scripture instead of Jesus is because scripture can be malleable. I can make it mean what I want it to mean. But Jesus isn't malleable. He is life. He is life. He is love. And he is truth. And those that the religious leaders said are the farthest from God, who they didn't, they, you, the only people who had scrolls in the days of Jesus were the religious leaders. They had written word, but when living word showed up, they didn't recognize him. They had parchment, but when logos came, they didn't recognize him. When living words showed up, Sean, inches or feet from them, they held to their parchment scrolls and they failed to cling to the living word mark. But the ones who didn't have parchment scrolls saw him and longed for him. Can I, let me just get way off topic. Do you have gnawings in your soul just to be with Jesus sometimes? I know what it's like to want to go watch a movie and make time to go do it. I, man, when I, I used to love to fish so much. I take days off work to go fish. I, I, I made time to do what I love to do. I think it should say something to us that we don't have these gnawings in our soul to literally want to be with Jesus. I don't think that's been hyper-spiritual. I think that's been quite normal. You know what the minor prophet called Jesus? It said, he is the desire of all nations. He is the what? The desire of all nations. And then Jesus says, go make disciples, watch this, of what? all nations. It's so easy to do. All we got to do is bring the thing they desire. Bring to the nations the one they desire. We don't even have holy longings anymore. Some of us desire steak more than we do Jesus, a paycheck more than we do Jesus. Come on. Recreation more than we do the creator. I just believe that God has given us back a righteous desire for him again. Because there ain't nothing you can put beside him that doesn't pale in comparison to him. Ooh. So every lower level lover that has taken our gaze off of the righteous one, I'm telling you, you know what you need to do? Put that lower level lover beside Jesus and it will pale in comparison to him every time. Ugh. You know the reason Jesus would go on to say, man, you cannot worship God and mammon, money essentially. You know why he said that? You can't worship two gods because you will always worship the inferior one. And the religious rulers of Jesus' day were specialists experts at throwing roadblocks in front of the people who actually wanted 
to get to God. And because people couldn't actually own scrolls, they took the scrolls that they had and they weaponized them and made themselves always look pure and holy and I'm better than you. And they made other people feel distant and far away. But here comes Jesus. Here comes Jesus. Here comes the word of God for him. And the very ones who should have known him the best were the real ones who would end up putting him on a cross. And for some reason, prostitutes were making their way into tax collectors' homes and throwing themselves down at his feet and taking dowry money for their marriage (laughs) and pouring it upon the feet of the groom. Did you hear it? Taking dowry money set aside for their upcoming wedding and pouring it on the feet of their righteous groom. No, did you hear it? They took the dowry money set aside for their wedding and they poured it on the feet of the righteous groom. For some reason, tax collectors, who nobody liked anyway, they, he just Zacchaeus did stuff that he shouldn't have done. It made him become even more unpopular. He so wanted to see the majesty of the living Christ, he was willing to look foolish and climb a tree just to get a glimpse of his majesty. Those who the religious crowd said, you're further away from God than me, were actually the most attracted to Jesus. I would wager to say today, there's more people who have never stepped foot into a church that are actually closer to God than most people who go to church on a regular basis. Because we equate church to equal proximity. I said, we equate church to equal proximity. We equate church to equal proximity. And the reason most of those people don't come to church is that they have encountered us outside of church. I'm I'm getting ahead of myself. And if we aren't attracting the same kind of people that Jesus, this is so convicting to me, but it's for me. If we aren't attracting the same kind of people that Jesus attracted, could it be? Could it be that we aren't living out of union with the Father the way that he was? And could it be that we don't actually practice the same message that he preached? I'm going to say it again. If we aren't attracting the same kind of people Jesus attracted, could it be because we're not living out of union the way he was and living out the message that he preached of his Father? See, that's why, guys, most of my team knows I say this stuff all the time. My goal has never been to fill this building up with people. As if we did that, Tiffany, we could say, ha, we arrived. We're a church now. You know, there are churches all over the city that are jam-packed. And they're going to have a 60-minute service and pump one out and pump another one and pump another one out and pump another one in. And nobody encounter the Holy Spirit. Nobody leave with a more clearer revelation of Jesus than they went in. But they sang fast songs, sang a few slow songs, gave money, served at a door, and their religious scratch or itch has taken place, and they're good for six more days until they come again. Do you understand that's normal in the world? But to do all of this stuff and not John 1.29 and not behold the Lamb of God, we're missing it. For people to not desire Jesus means we're missing it. For the broken to come in broken and always go out broken says we're missing it. For the addicted to come in addicted and always go out addicted, we're missing it. For those in bondage to come in bondage and leave out in bondage and we not be bothered by that because we had a good attendance, good tithing, and worship was okay. We should be bothered by that. Like, we should be bothered by that. We should be bothered by that. I'm looking for some righteous discomfort to bother me down in the ebbings of my soul to let me know, Joshua, get bothered by the things that bother me and fall in love with the things that move my heart. Jesus loved people, a.k.a. the Father loved people. 
Yeah, but the minor prophet said, forget what the minor prophet says. Jesus is the final word of God. Yeah, but Moses said, you don't go to God through Moses. You come through Jesus. Yeah, but Abraham said, you don't go to the Father through Abraham. You come through Jesus. Yeah, but I read in the epistles, read it right, through the filter of Jesus. Jesus loves people, showing us thus that the Father loves people. Yeah, but they're gay. God loves people. Yeah, but they're an adulterer. God loves people. Yeah, but they're an alcoholic. God loves people. Yeah, but they always rebel against authority. Maybe so, but God loves people. I didn't say that God attested or approved of their lifestyle. I said God loves people. And people don't care how much we know until Watch this. They don't care how much we know. They would rather this. They want to know how much we actually care. Do you walk in love? Do you walk in love? See, Jesus didn't come to reconcile God to the world. He came to reconcile the world back to God. I need to throw something at you, Aaron. <laughs> Jesus didn't come, listen, to reconcile God back to the world as if God walked away. No. He came to pull the world back to him, but yet the world didn't want him. He didn't care. He pulled the world to himself. For God was in Christ. This is apocatastasis all over again. For God was in Christ, just pulling the cosmos to himself. For God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, not counting men's sins against them. That's written in the Bible that way. Thank you, Jesus. For God was in Christ, pulling the whole cosmos to himself, not counting their trespasses against them. And the very thing church has taught us that kept us from God, he steps on the scene and says, I know what your preachers have said. I know what your conscience has said. I know what your teachers have said. But I'm telling you, you can't do anything to separate you from me or me from you for what shall separate us from the love of God no height no death nothing alive or nothing dead no angels no principalities nothing present or nothing to come for Paul said for I am persuaded that nothing capital N-O-T-H-I-N-G nothing shall be able to separate me from the love of God that was in Christ Jesus and Jesus left heaven's gates to come to the world to forever, by way of union, to forever unite humanity with divinity. Listen to me. Listen to me. The scripture says of Jesus, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. And all things were made through him, and without him there was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of all mankind, and the light shone in darkness, and the darkness could not comprehend it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came to bear witness of the light. He himself was not the light, but John came to bear witness of the light, that he is the light. In him was life, and his life was the light of all mankind. He created the world, and the world was made by him, but the world did not know him. He came unto his own, and his own did not receive him. But to those that did receive him, but to those who did receive him, I'm going to say it again, but to those who did receive him, to them he gave the power to become sons and daughters of God. For the word became flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld him. 
For the word became flesh and lived among us, tabernacled among us for 33 and a half years. And John said, and we beheld him as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And the word for three and a half years of ministry rubbed shoulders with prostitutes, called lepers to himself, hung out with tax collectors. And the religious crowd always got upset. Why are you hanging out with the ones that we pushed away from God? No, you didn't push them away from God. You pushed them away from you. I'm drawing them back to me because I I am God. I'm fixing to show them the strength of my union. Let me tell you something. You don't think religion, you don't think tradition and religion is strong. Do you know that Jesus, the living word, actually quotes in Mark 7, 13 and 14? He said, because of the traditions of man, you have made the word of no effect. You know, there are churches right now in this city, you can go a year from now and tell when they'll start and when they'll get out and what they'll be doing at what time. And we're having a move of God. Yeah, we're having something. We got to get back to incarnational living. If you're taking notes, write this down. Number one, union must be lived out in our daily lives. Wow. Union must be lived out in our daily lives. I don't, well, I'm 38 years old. I could care less about trying to do good church service and be, and be a good religious boy. I, don't, if, I say this all the time. If it doesn't live out in Home Depot, why you do it? Well, sometimes when I hear pastors talk, I'm like, why do you change your voice when you're behind a pulpit? If you don't talk like that in Walmart, don't change your voice. I'll never forget one time, true story, having a conversation with a guy one time before service back in North Carolina, having a conversation with a pastor, just hanging out, just talking, chatting, talking about sports and fishing. It's church time to start. He jumps up on, I kid you not, he jumped up on the platform. He said, bless God, praise God, good to see you, church, glory to God. If you want to go to the bathroom, they're down the hall to the left, bless God. And if you want to go to the kids' church, hallelujah. I'm like, oh, brother, you weren't just doing that with me and you were talking. Why'd you just become all religious all of a sudden? And I would rather hang out with 10 people who are as ungodly as they come if they are authentically them because you know what you're going to get 100% of the time. And I'm telling you, people that don't know God, most of them don't want to know God because they've met those who say they knew God and we didn't leave the savor nor the flavor of Jesus in their mouth. But I believe God does have a people and it's a Psalm 34 and 8 people where we can say, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. How do I taste Jesus? Well, how do I taste Jesus? We produce this thing out of union called fruit of the spirit. And when they eat our fruit, they'll say, man, that tasted good. You know what? That's Jesus. I got around Robert. He had every reason to complain about his week, but yet he still was a man of character and integrity, loved his wife and his kids, and he didn't complain when he got stuck in traffic. Maybe he actually gave God glory. They tasted fruit. We got to live this union thing out every day of our lives. You know what we've done in America is we have reduced Christianity from depending on what church you go to, 10 to 11 a.m., And maybe a Wednesday night. Union was meant for schools. Corporations. Business owners. Politicians. Oh my no, I didn't. The single mom or the single dad. It's meant for grandparents. It's meant for kids. This is union. Jesus didn't say, go into all the world and preach at the churches. I used to think that all the world meant seven continents. Most of us aren't going to go to seven continents. You know what all the world is for you and me? It's the places you frequent in your weekly life. So, so for Adam, it'll be Tinker. His home, his community. If you shop at Crest, it's there. The only place I would encourage you not to share the gospel is Popeye's. Everywhere else, you just go share the gospel. The word of God has no effect at Popeye's. Hey, Bosha, I bless you with that revelation in Jesus' name.
go into all the world. Lord, send me to the nations. He's like, well, you just please go down the street first. Let's like, let's try, let's try the gospel. If you just send me to the nations, I would get bold with my faith. You won't go rake your neighbor's yard, but you want to be bold with your faith. I know people that want to preach. They won't pick up trash. Like literally. Seriously. Have you ever asked me to leave work? I give it my all. No. Start where you are. All the world is where you live on a weekly basis. Don't reduce your faith to what happens inside of these walls. Listen, Jesus in the New Testament did two miracles in a synagogue. Every miracle you read about, two happened in a synagogue. A man with a withered hand and a lady bent over. The rest on the street as he was going from one village to another village. So could it, ha- could it be that America has been duped because we reserved our faith for a church service of maybe 90 minutes and we waste another six hours a week? And we say crazy statements like, see you in church on Sunday. And Satan goes, yes, got him again. Yes. Yes. They're living out their faith in church. Acts 2 says, and they were all gathered one accord in one place. And when the day of Pentecost had fully come, and they were gathered in one accord in one place, there came a sound from heaven like a rushing mighty wind. And it filled the room where they were sitting in. And there appeared over every person as it were cloven tongues of fire. The same fire that led the nation of Israel for over 40 plus years in the wilderness. As a fire by night. That fire split into 120 different flames. And, and, and Josh got his own flame. And Catherine got their own flame. And Peter got his own flame. And Mark got his own flame. And that flame sat upon them. And they began to speak in tongues. As the Spirit gave them utterance. And what was birthed in a room fell into the streets and it has never been forced back up into a room again. We can't have, out of union, we can't have a go into the world mentality if we have I see you on a Sunday only mentality. Whoa. Keep on going, Pastor Josh. My, I don't know if my wife's in here, but she's saying she's like, be nice. Be nice. Number two. Union is God's way of getting into the world. What? Yeah. Union is God's way of getting into the world. See, listen to what John said here. Now let me go back and read 1 John. Union is God's way of getting into the world. He says, that which we've heard from the beginning, that which we have looked upon with our eyes and, and, and handled with our hands, that life was manifested and we've seen it and we bore witness to it and now we're telling it to you. So John said, I saw him, I heard him, and I felt him and now I'm telling it to you. Do you know what John was? He was a physical, visible representation of the love of God in his day. You and me... If the people that you work with at your school, or I don't know if you're an auto mechanic, or if you work at a hospital, it doesn't matter if you're a single mom and you're taking your kids to the park, if people are going to encounter Jesus, I promise you, they don't want to see you, most of them anyway, don't want to see you crack open a Bible, you know, and give them what the Hebrew says about a verse. They want to see, watch this, Jesus with skin on him. Do you know that Jesus still manifests himself? How? Through us. Oh, who knew? This is real stuff. Watch this. John 15. Would Would you throw that up, Kaylee? John chapter 15. I love this, man. Probably one of my favorite chapters in the Bible right now. John 15, verse 1. I am the true vine. My father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. Yeah, yeah. 
Watch this verse five. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me, everybody say union. One, whoever abides in me and I abide in him bears much fruit for without me, you can do nothing. Right? I say this every week almost. Does the vine have a personal relationship with the branch? No. It has a union with the branch. Why? Because the sap of the vine, which is the life of God, flows in the branch. Watch this. Can you say out of your union with Jesus, the sap of Jesus, which is love, is flowing through you? I mean, realistically. You can tell because get around somebody that you naturally don't like. You're going to find out real quick. You will either manifest the life of Christ or you will manifest your own will. I will manifest something real quick. You ready for this right here? This is in the Bible, Philippians 2.13. Philippians 2.13. We talked about this on Wednesday night. If you missed first Wednesday, I forgive you. Most of you missed prayer on Friday night. I forgive you. That's okay. We pray, we pray every second Friday. You want to know the ones you really build off of? I'm just, that, that, them be the ones. I'm just going to tell you that right now. It's, it's, that's very, very real in America. I want you to hear this. Watch this. Don't miss what I'm fixing to tell you. Philippians 2.13. Paul said, it is God. Watch this. Who is at work in you, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. It is God who is at work. Everybody say, he's at work. Come on, say, he's at work. Now, this is interesting. The word work there in the Greek is the word, I'm going to slaughter this. I don't know how to pronounce this. It's, it's like energeo. It, it would be where we get our word energy. He says God's energy <laughs> is at work in you, Stephen. The energy of God is at work in me. So when you are strolling through the park, it's not just you, it's the energy of God. Well, how do I do this thing? Quit trying to do it. If you try, you're going to fail. Just trust God. Quit trying to start trusting and just go be love. It takes church to complicate the gospel and we've done a really, really good job of it. The sap of Jesus is already in you. Romans 5 says the love of God has already been shed abroad in your hearts by the Holy Ghost. The Bible says your body is already the temple of the Holy Spirit. It says old things are not passing away. They're already passed away. Past tense. What are you waiting for? Go be loved. And God says, I promise you my energeo, my energy is flowing through you. And what happens when it flows? It is God who's at work in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Every day we get to experience the good pleasure of God because he does it through us. Come on, man. This is Galatians 2.20. Where Paul says, it's not even me living. It's Christ in me who does this. This is union. If it doesn't work outside of church, it's probably religion. Like seriously, for myself included. Do you know why God gave us his spirit? To do good church services by wrong. You don't, listen, you don't even got to have the spirit of God to do this. Go, go, go to another church. You'll find out real quick. You don't, gotta, you don't have to do that. You can have talented people do this. I've seen people, I know they don't walk with Jesus. They could peel the paint off the walls preaching. They memorize scripture. They're very charismatic. got huge followings we have the spirit of God out of union come on Alyssa if you don't mind just need some keys we have the spirit of God out of union watch this so that yes we can commune with Abba but likewise in our daily world we pour out of that communion we, it's out of our koinonia this way that we get to give out this way. Listen to what John said. This is in the Bible. Listen to what John said. First John 1. I, I want to hit this man and I'm done. We okay? Still love me? Bless you. Bless you. Listen to this. I can see John is before he dies writing this epistle. Oldest letter in the New Testament is actually St. John, so he wrote this before then, but he's writing. What can I write to these people to help? I know what to write. 
that which is from the beginning that which we heard about seeing with our eyes he's thinking about those three and a half years of ministry I handled him with my hands I watched him make wine out of water huh I watched him take fish and bread and multiply and feed the multitudes right I watched the crowds throng him I got to behold majesty with my pupils he said that life was manifested to us and now I'm declaring it unto you And he said, I'm writing this to you so that your fellowship, listen to what he's saying now, because this is is so plain. Sometimes we read over stuff. So that you can have fellowship with us. That's, that's, That's horizontal. And truly, our fellowship, that's horizontal. Our fellowship is with the Father. See, horizontal, vertical. Horizontal with us, with the Father, vertically. If we don't quit building churches and start building koinonia, community, and family, you know what we've done for over 100 years in our nation? We have tried to build churches that relate to God only. And we have half a cross. And God said, you can say you love me all you want to. You can say you're in union with me all you want to. Most of us are not in union with God. We're in union with Scripture and the service. But the real proof of our union The real proof of our union can only, O-N-L-Y, only be seen in how we treat people. Man, God, for years I prayed for another speaking engagement. How stupid was I? How immature was I, Sean? Would pray silly prayers like, God, use me. What? And I didn't have love for people who didn't like the things I liked. Number three, last point. Union was meant to be attractive. Come on, married couples. You ever see, I mean, an old married couple? And you see them walking. Maybe they're at that age, they, they have to lean on each other and they're walking, bent over. I don't care who you are, man, that's attractive to me something beautiful about I'll never forget my grandfather in love who's experiencing the highlight of his union he was such a funny man his name was John we called him Papa John he was in a nursing home before he passed I would go and wash him about four days a week I'd go bathe him I loved him we'd laugh I could, I could mimic him perfectly had a great time I remember sitting with him in a nursing home one time and I was feeding him. Couldn't even feed himself. I was feeding him. And his wife was there. If you, if you know him, they argued a lot. It was funny, boy. Like, I like, I don't want that part of union, Lord, but I like this other stuff here. Like, they just fuss about stuff. They had a married couple that lived in the nursing home. They had to be there mid to late 80s. And the wife, let's just call her Debbie, she was in a wheelchair. She was very short. Her feet couldn't even touch the ground when they were hanging. And the husband was very bent over. And as I'm feeding Papa John and him and Nana are just kind of, you know, chapping away at it, this older couple comes by and the husband is just pushing his wife in the wheelchair. I'll never forget this. And my grandmother in love, her name is Marjorie. We call her Nana. Nana looks over at this couple. We're sitting at a table. It's Papa John and me and Nana. I'm feeding Papa John. And Nana sees the couple coming behind her, and she does this. She, she sees them, and she smiles at Papa John, like, as if to say, that's going to be us one day. And he, this is no lie. No lie. He sat like this for the, his last few days of his life. You know what he, he looked up? He said, don't even think about it. And I was like, wow. <laughs> you know what I did? Kept feeding him, like, didn't say nothing, like, glory to God. But there's something beautiful about union, though. something beautiful about union I've often told my wife I said I, well I would love for God to allow we live to be 80, 90, 100 years old I want to be sitting on the front porch with you drinking whatever beverage of choice we desire in union and say babe we did it <laughs> we lived 
in union with Abba, but we lived in union with others as well. We had fellowship with the Father above, but we manifested this life to everybody we came in contact with. Proof of union is that it's also attractive. Like people desire it. The Bible says of Jesus that people longed for him. They, 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 they longed to be with him. No football, no basketball, no PS5, no Xbox. Young people desired to be around him. The ones who they deemed far from God would put themselves in close proximity to him. They climbed trees to get to him. The Bible says they ran around the sea to get to him. Lepers and prostitutes threw themselves at his feet to get to him. And we have churches open. Everybody knows when they're open, but they drive by with absolutely no desire to come to these gatherings. Do you know why? Because we have not exhibited a union that is attractive to them. And I'm telling you, I used to make a crazy statement all the time. There's some truth in it. And I would say things like this. Character is who you are when nobody's around, but reputation is who other people think you are. And that is very true. But make no mistake about it. Reputation matters. And our reputation, what people say about us, matters immensely in regards to how they will view our king. And in my community, on my street, I own my community. I believe that. Twin Oaks is mine. Do you know why? Because what people think about my Lord and Savior on my street is my doing. And if we would own that, if we would just own that, how much better would our communities be? Come on, stand to your feet with me. Jesus. Come on, just for a few moments. Say, Lord, say, give me union. Come on, give me union. Father, I desire union on another level. I pray for every inhibitor to union. I pray that you put a spotlight on it and you let me see it, Lord, and you let me rid it. Whoa. Come on, if I was you, I'd pray for my own life. I'm telling you, it's real for me right now, man. I am tired of halfway doing this thing. I want my lost loved ones to be so attracted to the Christ they see in me. They would evict everything in their life that's not meant to be there to be a part of what God is doing. Father, would you let us experience the union we have with you vertically, but would you let us live it out toward all humanity on a horizontal scale, the likes of which we've never seen before. God, I believe if you can do it in Redding, California, at a little place called Bethel, why cannot you do it here, God? If you can do it in, in North Carolina at a place called Elevation, God, why can't you do it here, God? I pray that you would do something here, Lord, that we do not have a reference point for. I see people coming from darkness to light. I see people coming from death to life. I see people coming with multiple lifestyles. God, I see people coming with all kind of bondage, and I see them not being embarrassed of it. I see them getting hugs at the door. I see people being converted in parks, and I see people being converted in shopping centers. I see people finding you at the mall. I see people finding you at traffic lights. I see people finding you at break times in corporations. I see people finding you on corporate phone calls. I see people finding you around dinner tables as we pray. I see people finding you on our front porches as we sit and actually have community conversations again. I see people finding you through the multi-membered body of Christ. I see people coming into union with you simply because they made the righteous mistake of coming into union with us. I see people finding you and may it be said of us that we can say the same thing in our day as John said in his. That life that was manifested to me. The life that I seen and the life that I heard and the life that I grabbed with my hands. I manifested it to everybody else around me. And I'm telling you my fellowship is with the Father. And I'm declaring it now to you. I'm declaring it now to you, Jesus. John would go on to say at the latter part of that chapter, he said, if you say you haven't sinned, he said you lie. 
would say you lied. In other words, in union, you're going to miss it every now and again. It's okay, though. Don't act like you've never done it. But if you and I will be faithful to confess our sins, He, the one that we are in union with, He is faithful and He is just to not just forgive you of your sins and he never covers your sins he said I'm faithful and just to forgive you of your sins watch this and I'm going to cleanse you of all unrighteousness and I want to make an enunciation a declaration an announcement over you today if you have sin in your life today I want you to know something sin is detrimental it will destroy you a hundred times over But our king said, I'm faithful and just to forgive you of it, and I'll also cleanse your life of all unrighteousness. I want to give you an invitation today to meet my king. He's my best friend, man. He's my best friend. His name is Jesus. He's so willing to forgive. Truth is, you're already forgiven, but you have to lay hold on that. And when you do, you empower that truth to release all of the power that he gave you through forgiveness in your life. If you're in this room today and you don't have a living relationship with a loving Savior, I'd love to introduce you to my friend. You know what I'm going to do today? I'm going to just count to three. And if you say, Joshua, I really need forgiveness. I need some wholeness in my life. Just extend your hand and I'd love to pray for you. One, two, three. Anybody in the room today? I see that hand. Anybody else in the room today? See your hand, ma'am. Anybody else in the room today? Anybody else in the room today? All right, Wade Church, here's what I want us to do. Can we just all say this prayer together? And I'm going to just give you about 90 seconds just to worship and adore. Can we say, Lord Jesus, thank you for your example of union. And thank you for forgiving us of all sins and cleansing us of all unrighteousness. Today, I put my faith and my trust in your finished work of the cross and an empty tomb. I lay hold of that today in your name. Amen. Now let that just settle on you for a moment. I speak over you today that your union was meant to be lived out every day. I speak over you today that your union with God is the way that his life gets back in the world. And I speak over you today that your union with your loving Father is absolutely and amazingly attractive. I bless you, and I give you permission today to live out your union all through this week. I love you. God bless you. Have an amazing week as you live in union. Thank you for taking a moment to listen in to what Jesus is doing right here at Way Family Church in Edmond, Oklahoma. If you want to be a part of helping us to continue to share the gospel and get it out to as many people as we can, you can do that via Cash App at dollar sign Way Family Church, or you can visit our website at wayfamilychurch.com and click on the giving tab. For more information about Way Family Church, you can connect with us on all social media platforms or simply go to wayfamilychurch.com. Be blessed.